Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of It's Too Wordy, the comic book podcast where three buddies discuss comic books from their childhood. And today, I am Kirk. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. How are we doing this week, guys? Fantastic. Great. Awesome. Bashing on Rebels, I heard. <laughs> well. Did you get past season one? No. There you go. I, I couldn't stand the artwork. I couldn't stand the art. Season two on's the best part. That's all I gotta say about that. So this week we'll be discussing Ghostbusters Year One and Marvel vs. DC. So let's talk about Ghostbusters Year One. Burnham gets it. Yeah, he does. He totally understands the Ghostbusters. He gets eh. their voice. Eh. You don't like right. it? You don't like it? Yeah. No. It's a Winston story. You just didn't like Winston. <laughs> no, it was good. I liked it. It was really good. I'm just feeling spicy. I didn't realize he was writing all of them, but it's usually the same guy doing the art, too. So, we got Winston. Are we getting another one next? Yeah, it's all, all four of them. All four of them? Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. I'll be interested to see how they do that, because obviously the Edgar Allan Poe ghost is still floating there someplace. Are they going to pick it up from there, or are they going to pick it up? From when Ray started, or when Peter started. I don't know. That's going to be weird, because it's gonna if they can't continue the storyline, they just go back to, like, a year before this. Right. Yeah. So he fights, they fight Edgar Allan Poe, huh? Yep. Awesome. You didn't read it? I did. Okay. I'm trying to... Oh. You right. guys talked a lot more last week when I wasn't here. <laughs> no. I'm here, now we can't talk. Part of it is I forgot to read it until, like, ten minutes before <laughs> the podcast. So... It's fresh in my head, but it was a very... I sat down and just read real quickly and didn't really absorb a ton. That's that's my deal with this one. I didn't know he was a Marine. Yeah, they, they brought that in later. That yeah. He was a Marine, and now he's got a doctorate, so he's a scientist yep. too. Cool thing was with this book is there's a lot of cameos yeah. from it, from yeah. the movie. Like, it was uh, totally... The cop. The cop. You know, you know Winslow. Yep. Winslow and uh, yep. Die Hard. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, that's the first thing I'm like, that's the cop. I yep. like how the... The uh, Archbishop. It says, Dan, what's her name? Dana Barrett mm-hmm. is their first client. And yep. then the next panel is, actually, it's blah, blah, blah. We were their first client. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. I like the art style. I The only thing I have a problem with is maybe I'm just being a little sensitive for a little bit. Is why they have to big draw such big lips on Winston. I know that they do that with everybody, but that's the art style. That's what they've done with him from the get go. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and to have so many runs with the Ghostbuster book like this, yeah, it's pretty impressive. And I think some of it is also because I knew they were trying to do that crossover with the real Ghostbusters, so the styles had to kind of look alike. Actually, look different. Look different, so you could tell tell the difference between the two of them and stuff like that. So when they do those kinds of things, they kind of focus on one, you know, one, like this is a main story. They focus on that particular art, but when they're bringing in the other realm ghostbusters, they have to have that differential. Okay. And now is this going to be an ongoing? It's four issues. Of course they're doing, but <laughs> you know, that's, what's great about it is even their ongoings were, I think, the longest one was like 
maybe 20 issues. Well, that's longer than Guardians of the Galaxy, so. Yep. But there's been a lot of Ghostbusters storylines that in the last 10 years. Yeah, and I I like that. It's you know what you're getting into. You're not you're not getting committed to a massive run if you just want to read something fun. Yeah. You know it's four issues. Yeah. What'd you guys think? That was funny. You get to see Winston like trying out the proton pack for the first time. Yep. <laughs> and he's and like he's a just natural like, shot. And then he's like, Oh yeah, you're good. Let's go. Yeah, it's like what? <laughs> <laughs> His first job is <laughs> like two days minutes. later. <laughs> no, you seem okay. You got a good aim. And the they're shooting pumpkins off the top of the, the firehouse, and somebody below is like, stop with the pumpkins! Well, Winston at, said maybe some kind of comment about, uh, doesn't it bother the neighbors that... Pumpkin guts? Guts is falling yeah. on them and No, they love it! <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, hey! Get him out of <laughs> I'm gonna give it a... I'm gonna give it a five. I enjoyed it. Yeah, these you can't really go wrong with. Yeah. Because they got a good writer, the artist gets it, you know, you can tell who everybody is. Even though they look different from the movies, but you still know that that's Peter and that's Egon and because yeah. he gets the voice just so yeah. good. Even, yeah. even uh, the same guy I'm thinking of. Well, even when Winston goes to the the interview, interview with uh, and Janine. Yeah, what do you want? She's perfect too. Yeah, you know? she is. They are all perfect. They got him all. I think they nailed Lewis. Yeah, He's yeah. Only in one panel and make sure you do this. It's a tax write off. <laughs> that's that's a free tip. That's awesome. The other thing that I found awesome was the uh, advertisement for the Transformers Galaxies. At the end? Where Cliff Jumpers and Jumper. Bumblebee's uh, shadow. Everybody wants them to sign pictures of pictures Bumblebee. Pictures of Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Cliff Jumper. Uh, so, it was a really great read. I, I would say I'm probably going to go four and a half. It's not my favorite Ghostbusters one I've read, but it's it's good. It could have a little bit more meat, though. Like, he fights two ghosts. It's Winston. Right. But. I'm sure we'll get the rapey issue with uh, we'll Bankman. Get, we'll get the the reason why he carries Thorazine in his Thorazine pocket. Thorazine in his pockets. <laughs> Maybe they'll talk about that. <laughs> That'd be funny. But no, I I liked it. I've given all the Ghostbusters five, so right. i got to continue. Yeah, I'll go five. So. All right. Now we're going to move on to... DC versus Marvel. Did you read the whole thing? No. <laughs> there was a lot. There is a lot. I skimmed I, it like five times. I didn't so. even know I was done with issue number one. <laughs> well, because on the little bit at the bottom, it no, says continued next month. Next month? Yeah, I yeah. didn't see that. <laughs> so once I realized I was in the second issue, I was like, all right, I'm going to close it because Nick said I only had to worry about the first issue. <laughs> well, I forgot how much there is into it. And there's a lot. Yeah. Can I just say one thing real quick? So remember last week when we were talking about the cover for no. Batman versus the Incredible Hulk? No. Yes. And how many revisions they had to do? Uh-uh. Yeah. I wish they would have revised that cover. Look at Captain America's legs. Which one is the left and which one is the right? I want, you cannot tell. I want cap tits. <laughs> He's just... You can't <laughs> yeah, tell which leg good. is which leg. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see it. I didn't even look at that. That's on the trade. We don't, I don't have the single issues, but that is on the trade. It's just... Yeah. Which okay. one's in front? Can you even bend that way? Is that Jurgens doing the art there? It doesn't say who did the cover. It's Dan Jurgens. We'll go with Dan Jurgens. <laughs> I kind of read it fast, so I like the artwork. Except for... Wolverine's hair? The way they... No, the this face! <laughs> Jesus Christ, he looks like a 
damn supermodel. His hair was like a his foot hair. long. Yeah, it was a foot long, but yeah. I, I I noticed his face more. <laughs> the art on this is amazing. Just not Wolverine. He was the big standout of ugh, in it. <laughs> I think he's, he's like the one. He that was they the only just didn't one get. that was the worst one out of all of them. Yeah, it is a beautiful book. Because everybody else looked right. Right. Yeah. Yep. It, it's you can tell this was in the nineties. You can tell by the art style. Yeah, the the pointed j- jaws and. And big mm. boobs. <laughs> Super weirdly out of proportionate Wonder Woman. Yep. Yeah. Looney Tunes made an appearance. Yep. Tana with the super skimpy bikini bottom on. Jim Balance Catwoman. Yeah. Yeah. So this is about a guy named Access. And he finds out that he has these, he's kind of the gatekeeper between the two earths and the whole premise is that there it used to be one earth and these two brothers started fighting so they kind of took broke the earth into two pieces so there's two different earths now one being marvel one of them being dc and then the brothers forgot they existed they forgot the other one existed they all of a sudden realized that the other one exists and they start fighting and so superheroes from dc's earth comes to marvel and vice versa and they just start appearing randomly. So you got to see, you know, uh, like Spider-Man facing Joker, which pretty cool. He likes bugs better than bats. <laughs> <laughs> um, Forgot about that. Lobos me- meets with Wolverine. Thor's hanging out with Aquaman. And, you know, it's just all these just random crossover. Batman's fighting Bullseye. So that was pretty funny. Robin bested Bullseye. <laughs> Robin falls in love with. Jubilee. Jubilee. Jubilee, yep. I like your fashion sense. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanos and Darkseid show up together. It's a big battle. Captain America is about to get his back broken by Bane. I mean, so all these just what-ifs, not the Marvel what-ifs, but those what-ifs you have in your head of who would win this fight between these two. And it goes into that. And is a really cool idea. At one point, Wolverine and Gambit steal the Batmobile. Yes, they do. <laughs> Awesome. But um, as they go on, they the brothers decided that they need to have this challenge where somebody from DC has to fight somebody from Marvel, and the whoever wins the most matches, their universe stays alive. And so you got like Thor versus Shazam. Can I talk about that real quick? Absolutely. Okay. So Thor and Thor and Shazam are going to go at it. And what okay. do they do first? They pray. Do they pray to who? Yes, he prayed in the pray in the. You Odin. got a god. Right, and then you got a guy that embodies gods who are in his head. Who are they praying to? <laughs> Odin and Beelzebub, the guys that are in Shazam's head. Yeah, it's like. Mm. Well, let's see. On the back, it says uh, Superman versus the Hulk, Captain America versus Batman, Aquaman versus the Submariner, Storm versus Wonder Woman. Aquaman cheats. He does. He does. Is he a dirty cheater? He does. He I cheats love that. big time. <laughs> Like they're they're pretty much equally matched, well, and they're, of they're on they're land. Both king of Atlantis and Aquaman, you just see out of nowhere a killer whale lands on on Namor, <laughs> and he's like, "You're too noble. I will cheat." And he cheats. <laughs> uh, let's see: Storm vs. Wonder Woman, Superboy vs. Spider Man, Wolverine vs. Lobo, which that was a page of worthlessness. Uh, Flash vs. Quicksilver, and Silver Surfer vs. Green Lantern. 
and then you see other ones kind of crossover, but those were like the big main events. So from last week, you said you enjoyed the Flash Superman battles. Mm-hmm. I was going to tell you, my brother, as a wedding gift, got a slabbed of the first Superman versus Flash race. Oh, cool. Signed by whoever. Yeah. Yeah. His friend is an O'Keefe. Oh, so he has he, plenty of money. He has plenty of money. Yeah. So, <laughs> but Aurora so. does win against Wonder Woman. Yeah. Does she? I thought, well, she is an Omega-level mutant, but they didn't have Omega-level mutants back then. Well, one of the funniest parts of the book is Thor gets the his hammer taken away, knocked out of from him, and He's Wonder Woman reads the inscription on it and picks it up and then hands it over to Thor a little bit later, and Thor's like, thanks? Yeah, she puts it down no? before the fight, too. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to do this without this. It's like, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> so Cap and Wonder Woman were worthy. Yep. But uh, I know you guys just did the first issue because this is a thick book. But basically, Access hid the keys to this whole universe within Batman and Captain America. And he takes them out into space next to the brothers. And the brothers read both Captain America and Batman's minds and how Batman overcame the death of his parents and became this noble hero to fight battles and how Captain America fought in the war and he's still going strong and just how those pieces of their lives impacted them (laughs) and made them better people. And the brothers accepted that and decided, okay, both universes can survive. And that's how it wraps up. But you see the battles in between of these guys and it, it's a lot of fun. Nice. Definitely worth picking up if you can find it. Uh, the issues aren't that much. I think they're maybe five bucks a piece. And I just picked up the trade. I thought I had the issues. I don't. But uh, I got the trade. It's a good solid read. It's weird that the, the whole amalgam part isn't in there. Because Is that they just did, a trade separately? They did two or three separate trades for that. Okay. Because this, you didn't need to know those to read this. You just the Doctor the Strange fate part right. that was in there. Which was weird within itself that Doctor Strange fate, you think it's Doctor Strange and Doctor Fate combined, but when they remove the helmet, it's the worst villain of all villains, Charles Xavier. I don't remember that. Let's see. I was wondering why it was bald when he took it off. So Doctor Strange fate was trying to save the Amalgam universe, and he didn't want the other two universes to exist. And... So he actually um, sends out three people to get ac- or capture access. One of them is John Constantine combined with Bruce Banner. One of them is uh, Fire combined with Guy Gardner. And one of them is... I wasn't sure who she was. I think it's like Scarlet, Scarlet Witch, Witch. and Okay, is that who it was? Yeah. Okay. And um, they bring him back to Doctor Strange Fate. And Access jumps out the window and takes off and... Then it shows Strange Fate taking off his helmet and it's Professor Xavier beneath it. So weird. It is weird. Proving that he is by far one of the best villains ever. Well, after this and then after Onslaught. I mean, come on. Who needs him? Keep him out, Hickman. All right. (laughs) I don't think he's been brought back yet. But this is one of my favorite reads. I, I love this. I love the idea of the combination of the two teams or the two universes combining. And I think, you know, after Justice League Avengers, there really hasn't been a Marvel DC crossover since. And I'll talk about the that in a minute. But 
uh, this is like the last big crossover between the two companies. Yeah. Aside from the guy butchering Wolverine worse than pre-Onslaught Wolverine, I really liked it. It was good. I enjoyed it. It was a quick read. That first part. <laughs> I read I read it in like, not but it didn't take me long to read it. Once it started getting into the brothers' story and stuff, it got yeah. a little bit more draggy. But once you start seeing the fights between the two opponents, it, it got became a lot more fun. Yeah. Awesome. Did you like it, Nick? Yeah, it was cool. Awesome. Like I I don't ever remember reading it. I remember reading the amalgam stuff. I don't remember reading the stuff that came before it. Right. Yeah, and this is this came out in ninety six, so at that point that's a pretty big deal. They're trying to get the attention of both Marvel and DC fans and I think it to an extent it probably helped with that a little bit. Um I can't remember. Was this one of the ones where they did the voting or did they make their own story up? I think they made their own story up. I don't remember that having a vote. Okay. I couldn't remember that for sure, but yeah. Okay. Who's the D lister this week, Ryan? Access. Awesome. Real name's Axel Asher. First appearance was DC vs. Marvel number one. And the creators were Ron Mars and Dan Jurgens. So Axel was a normal teenager in New York on Earth 616 who came across a homeless guy protecting a box that was actually a portal. It was revealed that he was next in line to bear the powers and responsibilities of the being of being the access or the person that is in charge of preventing the universes from merging into one. Originally, one universe that split into two, that's where the brothers came in. If they end up overlapping, it become they become a um amalgam. So he must forever be moving from one universe to the other and can't stay in one place for too long. He disappears after the unlimited access story and does not make another appearance. The Justice League Avengers book took place after this and the two universes crossed over with no sign of access around at all. And honestly, outside of all access and unlimited access, the only other appearance he actually made in a book was Green Lantern 87 because in one part he went out looking to Green Lantern and he wasn't available. And he goes, okay, well, I guess I'll just go find somebody else. And then he ends up going over um, and grabbing, I want to say Silver Surfer, but that's not it. But he ended up going someplace else to get a Marvel hero instead. So both of them have the rights to the character. Neither of them are doing anything with the character. So it's very possible that they could bring that character back and do something with it if they would just get along. They're going to have to because that copyright's going to run out. Yeah, somebody will have to do something with them. Because you have to yep. do something with them for every 10 years or something like that, right? Yep, that's what it is. It's every 10 years you have to... Then it thing? might be up already because the Unlimited Access came out in 97. Yeah, that's yeah. why there was a rush of Howard the Duck books in like 2000. Because yep. they had to use him. And that's why there's a new X-Men every yeah. three or four years. So they can't... You gotta bring everybody back. Couldn't get the Couldn't get the copyright until... They offered a big chunk of money. Yep. Still haven't brought back Maggot. Yeah. She'll She's... be in the background. Or she'll be in the background <laughs> she'll somewhere. She'll be in the background somewhere. She'll be running through the mansion in the next X-Men movie. Hanging out with Sexy Morrow. Weird. <laughs> weird. <laughs> Alright. So, uh, anything new at the shop this week, Ryan? Dean just got back from Albuquerque, and I think he brought back some fun stuff. So definitely go in and check that stuff out. I haven't got to see it myself yet. Otherwise... No, not much going on right now. 
So, but uh, keep an eye on Facebook, and uh, they always have new posts of uh, things that are coming in. Oh, they did get the He-Man Internia set, which is extremely rare. Yeah, I did see that. I was like, Ooh, still not going to buy it. Though. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is probably one of the rarest He-Man pieces of all. And yeah, it's a neat set. But I wouldn't. I don't have that kind of change. Let me know when they get the giants in. You've seen the He-Man giants, yes. yeah. Still can't afford those either. So no. All right, now it's time for everybody's favorite segment: random reads. <laughs> that was weak. Yeah, I thought as weak as yours. <laughs> 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 I was just like I was like oh, I was I I told Teresa I was gonna do that. I was gonna be like and now it's time for the random reads. <laughs> Everybody's favorite section. All right. All right. How many you got? I have two. I have two. Oh, I have three, but it's a quick one for my third one. Ryan's got a short box. <laughs> oh Jesus. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> All right. Like the first short one. Box. <laughs> I had picked up was the uh, criminally insane Mandarin. I didn't bring it because I made it through two pages. They drew him so racist back in the day. That's the purple and green. Yeah, right? and, and kind of like, like, like a dress, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh my god! I was like, and then all the Chinese underlings. Looks like it was made out in like the nineteen thirties, nineteen thirties and forties, right? and, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. And it was too wordy. <laughs> it's the podcast. I know, but it's, oh yeah, <laughs> it just it just bothered me. I was like, okay, I, I okay, <laughs> I just put it away. The next one I did was Marauders number six because it wraps up the first part of the Dawn of X. And this issue, what is who is the only person who didn't go through the gates? Kitty. There you go. She broke her nose. Yep. I'll get to that in a minute. So you go to the ship. They're uh, they're trying to rescue some more mutants. Pyro goes all ham on uh, some white supremacists. And he has the best line in the book. Wear a sheet, get beat, you can race his clowns. <laughs> He's just frying everybody on the boat. Hey, hate monger. Yep. Is that still Hitler? I think so. <laughs> oh my God. And Iceman gets a concussion. And Kitty saves him, and she tells Lockheed to uh, watch out for him, and then goes up top to take on the hate monger. And she hits, it looks like she stabs, no. So she's fighting and she's trying to help Pyro there, right? And hate monger goes and tries to stab her, and she phases, and Pyro gets stabbed. Because the, the, the sword went through her, right? And I hate these little fucks. The uh, they're not called the Hellfire Club anymore. They're they go by some other name. And one of them is Tiny and Inside Iceman or Inside Pyro. Sorry, is a Pyro or Iceman? Pyro. So they can spy on their movements and you know take them out. So Shinobi Shaw, it's his boat that got uh attacked because you know Sebastian brought Shinobi back to have a seat on the council and the hate mongers just like give up we got you we're gonna destroy you and kate 
jumps to the other side and he's like well that didn't work out the way i thought it would and then pierce shows up okay everybody's favorite ass hat he's got metal arms so they're all like the pun is let's see if you can swim with those metal arms and uh storm proceeds to pick him up and throw him overboard and aurora and uh bobby are like bobby's coming too and he comes back up and Aurora's like, we got to go do this, blah, 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 right? And she, Kate's like, I'll be fine. Go. Don't worry about me, right? Famous last words in a comic book. Um, remember how it was supposed to be all hunky-dory? Everybody kumbaya, getting along, mutants forever. That doesn't work with uh, Sebastian Shaw. And he turns on Kate. And he pretty much captures Lockheed throws Lockheed in a net overboard into the ocean. She can't save him, right? She says she'll do whatever he wants, just save Lockheed. And he's like, no, not doing it. And he has these seeds that wrap around, and they're, like, they bind her really tight. And she gets, throws her overboard. She's going to drown. The protocols don't work on her, because Greco is. <laughs> so... Gotta wait out till next month. Uh, Pierce has clearly been paid off by Shaw. And then you got Christian Frost. Is that his name? I can't remember. It's Emma Frost's nephew or something like that. The one from the Hellions? Yeah. It ends with Shaw taking over the ship and saying nobody's going to save her. Except Lockheed. Yeah. Probably Lockheed. Yeah, he's not supposed to get wet. No. Or bed after midnight. After midnight. He, he, he multiplies. <laughs> so. There'd be like 800 of them. I found out today that they're going to issue six, and then they're going to make the trade out of it. And then that's the first part of Dawn of X. And then the next part will be seven through whatever. Yeah, that, with trades that typically are five or six issues. I love this book. I thought I was going to be the. It was going to be the X-Men or the New Mutants. Marauders is awesome. Well, it's cool they brought Executioner back. Yeah. We haven't seen him in forever. Yep. So. Um, I like what they're doing with Kate's character, making her the Red Queen. I like the premise that they're going to not only deliver the medications to the world, but they're also rescuing mutants at the same time. So they kind of got like a, an old X-Factor vibe mm-hmm. going on. Where they would go and save the mutants under the guise of under like the guise mutant of being police mutant kind of. police, kind of yeah, yeah. So yeah, I highly recommend uh, picking up the trade and reading this. It's awesome. I hope it stays this way. I'm riding it till it got, it it uh, it doesn't work anymore. So, and then the last one I picked, I just did it randomly. Would have been perfect for Christmas. It's Alpha Flight in a Christmas tale. And it's they're at a bar because Madison's getting married. And they're all drinking and being merry. And um, everybody must know that North Star is gay at this point. It's 91, so would, it, would they? No. This is like the first time he comes out. Okay. So they're all whooping it up and having a good time. And they show a guy with a shotgun, and then they do an interlude to somebody being buried in their wedding dress. You can only imagine it's 
the person who's supposed to be getting married to the guy in Alpha Flight. And then you're back to the story, and it's hot Heather. They they fixed her character so well. Yeah, they did. They, they fixed her so well. <laughs> and they're going to go out on the bachelor date, bachelorette night, and they're like, who, who planned it? Aurora. Aurora. Yeah. Problem is, is Jean-Marie shows up. It's not Aurora, right? And then you, it goes back to the tavern where the guys are at. And Puck says that he's part of Alpha Flight. And the, get the bartender's like, yeah, right. And I'm Sasquatch, right? And then Jean-Paul and the others are talking. And there's two guys saying they don't want the, uh, the fruitcakes in the bar. And Northstar's like, excuse me a second. And then you go to the next panel, and he's just sitting there like he's been drinking his beer. And the the three guys are all tied up in the, the light, and their pants are down around their ankles. <laughs> and Sasquatch and... That's Weapon Omega, right? Wild Child. Wild Child, yep. He becomes Weapon Omega, right? Yep. And they're talking, and uh, Sasquatch is trying to talk about how he owes him an apology. And he's like, there's no apology needed. And right when they're... Uh, uh, Sasquatch is about to explain why he needs to apologize. The uh, Robert pops in with the gun. And then we go to Heather, Jean-Marie, and I can't remember her name. Diamond Lil? Yes. Yeah, there you go. Diamond Lil. And um, I'm not quite digging uh, Aurora's hair in, in this book. She's got the big tease, like, 80s hair, not in early 90s. Rachel look, you know, mm-hmm. but I mean, this was 91 still early, still early catching yeah. the yeah. big hair band stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Still. So they show up and, um, they are, they show up outside of a men's dance strip club. Right. And Jean Marie is like, Aurora made the, the invitation or the reservation, but she assured me and it's cloisters. It's a male strip club. And, She's like, it's a respectful establishment, right? And then she says, Miss Crawley, Miss Hudson, next time you see Aurora, tell her I'm going to kill her, right? I love the split personality of Aurora and Jean-Marie. Mm-hmm. And so they go back to the bar where the guy is uh, just trying to rob, and all the guys are laughing at him. And they're like, of all the bars in all the world, you had to come to the one with all of Canada's superheroes in it. And they proceed to beat him up, and he keeps saying, I was going to give the money back. I was going to, I'm going to pay it back, because he's, you know, right? And I'm like, okay, that's weird for, a, well, maybe it's just Canadians, right? I'm just going to borrow the money, eh? And, I, and I'll pay it back later with interest, okay? And uh, so then you skip to the, the bar, and... They're talking about stuff, and then Aurora shows up and starts dancing with the guys on the on the bar and making a spectacle of herself. And her her dress got really slutty. I think it was covered up by a coat. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy who's robbing the bar tells his sob story, and they're all crying. The best is Sasquatch with the puppy dog eyes. And so they check the gun, and the gun's not loaded, right? Um... So they let the guy go, because it's Christmas, he was just doing it because he needed to get food for his family. And the bartender tries to apologize to Puck, and Puck's like, you know, flipping him the bird, basically. 
and Pink Pearl shows up because Aurora kissed one of the dancers, and I never heard of her before. This is my first time seeing her. She's part of the Great Lake Avengers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think she showed up in a couple of Deadpool books, too. Deadpool Max. And she is just beating the piss out of Aurora. <laughs> and then the guys go to the landlord, the slumlord, who's not, you know, letting him skate on her, his rent because it's Christmas, not giving him more time. And they're like, we want to buy this building. Or they want to buy the house, so they buy the guy the house. And then um, Jeffrey's, they're like, if only there were presents for the kids, right? There's not a place open we could go buy presents for the kids. Northstar runs and gets the all the scrap metal from all over the place, and Jeffrey's makes it into toys, and then Weapon Omega goes and delivers them. But I was bummed, because he's not in his costume. Like, it's on the, the cover. It's just him. I was like, come on, man. Go in there as a Weapon Omega. Yeah, it was just a really good... It would have been perfect for our Christmas mm-hmm. Christmas show. I liked it a lot. It was just a lighthearted, uh, not too serious um, issue. Yeah, it's the issue after this. It's 106 where Northstar comes out. Okay. So you get a little bit of a hint. In this one. In this one. Okay. But you should have... When you're reading it, you should have got that hint all along. <laughs> well, just reading every Alpha, uh, you know, anything with Alpha Flight or even, what was it, Astonishing X-Men he was in. Mm-hmm. You could tell. Yeah. There, there was no getting by that he was, you know, that way. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I really love Alpha Flight. I don't think they, I think we've said this before, they don't get enough respect or either, even a run. They'd be perfect B. Like a B-lister book. Right. So have them, you know, go ahead and just say, hey, we're going to give you this for this, you know, 20 issues. Or, you know, more, depending on how popular the book is. Well, you think with all the pub that they got from True North? Yep. That they would have actually thought about it? You know, give these guys a book. Just try it out. You're giving everybody else a book. There's six Spider-Man books. I've never heard anybody say, hey, that Alpha Fly sucks. I haven't. (laughs) All, I guess I grew up with friends who liked Alpha Flight, yeah. so my I don't have a good um, set to you know right. judge it by, but I love them. So that's what I got for this week. What you got, Nick? All right, so on a whim, I picked up Star Number 1 from Marvel. It's the story of Ripley Ryan. She's the girl who got powers. She's kind of, they thought that she was going to be the next Captain Marvel, but instead she actually has a reality gem in her chest. Ooh, I was going to pick that one up. And she destroys half of New York and Captain Marvel Manhattan? Hmm? Manhattan? Yeah. Why couldn't they do like Brooklyn or Bronx or Staten Island? But uh, Captain Marvel puts her chest or her hand through her chest and tries to rip it out and kills her. And (laughs) this is issue one where she has uh, flashbacks. She's constantly dreaming about getting punched in the chest and getting her heart ripped out. uh, Is that Carol Danvers? mm -hmm. That Carol Danvers is a bitch. Right? Um, So, what's funny, she doesn't know if she's a hero or a villain, so she goes to the bar with no name. There's a pop-up that shows up in Seattle, where she's at. She missed Scourge. Right. No, Scourge is back. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Um, So, and she apparently has a power that she doesn't know how to control. 
and it's it's new for her. And she's sitting in the bar. She's like, I don't know, villain. I don't know, hero. The hell, you know. I wonder what Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel's thinking. You know, she's sitting at a bar, being like, I almost killed that girl. You know, but no. Um, Titania walks up and she's like, move, get on my chair. And she's like, in her head, she's like, okay, be strong, be confident, right? Just stand up for yourself. Here's your chair. And she gets punched in the face by Titania. And she's like, that's the best you got? Titania's like, no. And then she just decks her and she punches her right outside the wall and out of the drive, like, all the way into, like, the street. And then this little, like, red wording comes over and her eyes go red. And she has psionic abilities. She hears the... She... The the reality gem is talking to her. Still talking to her, even though it's been. It's it's, it's still in her. Oh, like, that's a re. We're doing a flashback. No, that's what, no, no. Like it, like oh, she got it punched in, in the it chest, it, but it, it embeds, never like left. It it was embedded yeah. in her. Okay. Um. So Loki rescues her on the street, and he brings her back, and he ties her up to like the slab of concrete, and he's like, "This this seems a little weird, but." And then he tries to take the reality gem out of her, and it doesn't come out. So she. She doesn't like this, so she tells him to go away and never return, right? With that god voice that the preacher has, right? So so he destroys and he goes away somewhere else and he, you know, that must have been a duplicate of him because he's still around. And, okay, so Ryan or Ripley decides that it's a good idea to ask for help from a superhero, okay? This girl can control minds. Who is the worst person you're going to go ask for help for? Jessica jones <laughs> jessica's like no see you tried to kill my best friend carol why would i help you and she's about to like punch her in the face and she says you the the red goes over her eyes and the power comes up and she's like no you really want to help me you want to help me more than anybody's ever wanted to help anybody in the rest of the world and she's like nah and she's like okay i will help you and then she just turns around and she's Punches her right in the back of the head. <laughs> she, oh, wow. Okay. And she's like, of anybody, you should know that mind control is not my favorite thing in the world. And then, yeah, it's just crazy because Scarlet Witch shows up after that. And then she's like, you know, you're going to destroy reality. We need your, we need to help you. But yeah, um, good book. Kind of weird. But I kind of like Star. I mean, she's an interesting character. The art looks really nice. Yeah. We'll borrow it. And then I read something that's not so great. Uh-oh. Uh oh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Shadow Man number one by Andy Diggle and Stefan Segovia. This came out a couple years ago by Valiant. It's like the fifth Shadow Man in the past twenty years. Great cover, like awesome, Cover's amazing, iconic cover. <sighs> I don't know. It, kind of dumb story. Like it was okay. I mean, I can't diss on it too bad. It's not the worst thing I've ever read, but it's. Not the best thing either. It's entertaining, but I don't know. This is probably why it didn't last for very long. Because it didn't really seem like it went anywhere. He's one of those characters that they keep bringing back, hoping somebody will jump on. And his runs never make it very long. No. He's just a character that I think needs to show up in other people's books. His design needs work. Yeah. Right? I mean, does he really need the emblem on his chest? No. He just needs the skull face. He doesn't need anything else. And I think that's where they kind of go wrong with him, was that they try to make him a superhero and he's not. So, all right. So, Ryan. All right. What uh, what you got, Ryan? You got a short box? It's only 12 issues. Calm down. Okay. 
No, I'm just kidding. What do you got? But eight of those issues are two different series. So, okay. So, Amalgam. Talking about Amalgam. So, I'm like, oh, we're going to do Amalgam for this month, you know, last week. Pick up all access to start reading that. And I realized that I needed to read Marvel vs. DC first. <laughs> so, this made sense. This is a sequel to that DC vs. Marvel or Marvel vs. DC. And so Access is running around the city, still trying to figure out his powers, and people keep crossing over. And uh, he's trying to figure out what's going on, because he's like, I got this figured out, I don't know why this keeps happening. And Venom shows up and starts fighting with uh, with Superman, and they're fighting, and Axis is like, oh, why is this still happening? You know, we took care of the problem. Um, so. Batman and Superman are, or excuse me, Spider-Man and Superman are hanging out. Jubilee crosses over, and Robin are hanging out. They're kind of dating and doing their thing now. They had a relationship. Robin was cheating on his other girl, though. Uh Uh-oh. And... Tim Drake? Yes. And Two-Face shows up, and so Jubilee helps Robin capture him. And Robin's like, normally... We just take off. We call Batman. He comes and takes care of somebody like a Two-Face. That's not my gig. But I can't put you in danger. And she's like, well, you don't know what my powers are, so we're fine. So she actually puts on Robin's cape and distracts Two-Face. And Robin sneaks up and takes Two-Face down. So Batman shows up and starts reprimanding him. Don't take on a villain like that. You're supposed to call me. Blah, 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 blah. Access goes... You know, I don't know why we're this is all happening. You know, Jubilee's not from here. He's like, yeah. He goes, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I need your help to figure out what's going on. And Batman's like, no, I'm not going to. I'm. This is not my thing. And he's like, I need the help of a great detective. Jubilee just said yes, sir. Yeah, pretty much. What? Yeah. That's not Jubilee. She's gone toe-to-toe with Wolverine. Well, clearly Batman's more intimidating than Wolverine. Oh. But... So Batman and Axis jump back over and they're tracking. Axis is able to kind of track where this is all stemming from. And they end up at Doctor Strange's house. And the X-Men show up. Batman's fighting Doctor Strange. Jubilee takes off, goes and grabs the X-Men. They show up. They're all going after Axis and Batman. And Axis is like, well, I need help. So he goes and gets the Justice League. And they come back and they're all of them are battling together. Bishop just lost his mind because he pulled a gun on batman and batman kicked it out of his hand and they saw that it was a sign of war which you just pulled a gun on a guy who doesn't like guns yeah (laughs) he's just protecting himself okay but anyhow and dr strange in the meantime passes out well all of a sudden dr strange fate appears and he has captured dr strange's essence that floats around or whatever the ghost form or whatever and ha- has him trapped. And so the X-Men and the Justice League are teaming up and battling Doctor Strange fate. Access is able to pinpoint where Doctor Strange's aura is for just a brief moment. And because he's constantly, Doctor Strange's uh, aura is just hopping around from place to place. Doctor Strange fate doesn't want him to be caught because he knows he's going to be the one that stops him. And Axis is able to find him. He frees Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange comes back. And all of them combined beat up on Doctor Strange Fate. And Doctor Strange Fate goes away. All he wanted was his Amalgam Universe to come back. 
So what Dr. Strange did was he said, well, he's right. It's really not fair that his universe is gone and these two separate universes are uh, still existence. So he created a snow globe type effect with all the amalgams in the snow globe. And then it went into Axis's body and he's now the keeper of the amalgam. Ron Mars did this one. He knew what was going on. He wrote the original. This is good. I enjoyed this one. And then they decided, we need more. They did unlimited access. Isn't that a TV show? I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. So with this one, access is trying to figure out what's going on because, oh, uh, Jubilee wanted to say goodbye to Robin. So he's like, fine, I'll take you to see Robin. And she jumps over to see Robin and he takes her back. But when he comes back, it's a different time. So it's like the old school Hulk and like the original Justice League and like the original X-Men where Iceman was a gigantic snowball and they're all wearing the black and yellow and the original Avengers. And so now he figures out he can time hop as well as just go from universe to universe. And the dark side shows up and with one of his minions, they brainwash all the guys. And so all the guys of the justice league and the X-Men start fighting each other or no, excuse me, justice league and the Avengers start fighting each other. And the Wasp and Black Canary are trying to get him to stop. Darkseid's like, I've seen what I need to see. I'm good. Let's get out of here. Takes off. They all calm down. Parademons are flying all over the place. So Access goes and gets the Lightning Superman. The blue costumed, horrible Superman incarnation. And so the Justice League and them take off to go chasing after um these parademons so a little bit later he's like i i know what we can do to figure out what's going on here um because magneto and darkseid team up so the brotherhood of mutants and darkseid's army are like here's your warning mutants are the greatest you know and if you don't agree with it you're going to darkseid's hell so <laughs> access grabs the Teen Titans, and they pull him over with the X-Men, and he combines Angel and Robin together, Captain or uh, Superman and Thor, Green Lantern and Ant-Man, or not Ant-Man, um, Giant-Man, Captain America, and Captain Marvel Jr., and combines this team to go after the bad guys. And he comes to find out that, since he figured out how to do time warp jumping, that another version of himself saw he was about to die, so he joined up with these other, the Dark Darkseid and Magneto, to take over, and that's who's creating these jumps, and they end up battling. Honestly, read all access. Stay away from unlimited access. It is absolutely horrible. Ron Mars did not do this one. It was, it was painfully thick, but I wanted to share that. Alright, almost done now, guys. Did this one just for you, Nick. Awesome. Amalgam Spider-Boy team-up Featuring the Legion of Galactic Guardians 2009. <laughs> this has made me decide I will never read a <laughs> Legion book. I'll do it for your month, but I'm not going to do it freely. Oh, I'm enjoying the Legion right now. Oh, with God. Michael Bendis. I'm enjoying that story right now. 
I'm not going to make you ever read a Legion Superheroes book. Oh. I'll make you read Power Pack. Before Legion. No. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I know the limits. <laughs> hey, did we ever give him his Christmas gift? No, we didn't. I'll have mm. to bring it over. I'll have to give him his trip. I like pushing limits. <laughs> <laughs> so Spider-Boy is a combination of Spider-Man and Superboy. Um... They did 24 issues of Amalgam titles with different characters combining. One of my personal favorites is Lobo the Duck, Howard the Duck, and Lobo combined. And so the premise is Spider-Boy is fighting Vulture's combination character, whoever that is. And um, he gets pulled to the future by the Legion. And there is a lot of them. And they're trying to explain why that he's there. And um, they need his help to understand something because it's from their time or from his time. And this box thing that I can't think of what it's called, but this box time jumps him or shifts the time. And he ends up where there's another Legion group, but a very a much smaller group. And basically they need to figure out how to plug something in because everything's run on solar power. So they have no idea how to plug anything in because you got to keep in mind, this is 20, 2099 and there's an electro electronic dude or a guy with electrical powers. And they're like, just hold the cord and go. And they're able to project. He goes back to his own time and the Legion of Yancey street are these kids that <laughs> run around and they all are, Huge fans of Ben Grimm. And one of these kids gets hit by the vulture and he's about to die. And he took, and the Legion happens to be these Yancey kids, street, street kids or whatever. He's like, you were here the whole time. Why aren't you, why didn't you help me? They're like, well, we couldn't do anything until this point happened. Otherwise it would screw up everything. So now that it's happened, we're here to help you. And he's like, well, I got to get these, this kid to a Camdus. And they're like, okay, well, here's a flight ring and fly off. And they go to this mountain and they're working on him. He can't fit, save him. So he ends up putting him in the uh, Phantom Zone until they can figure out a cure for him. Well, he starts battling somebody. He's about to get his butt kicked. And Spider-Boy from 2099 shows up and helps save him. And you come to find out it's the kid that was in the Phantom Zone the whole time. And he became a major part of the legion team in 2099 and the whole reason he did was because spider boy saved him there's so many good amalgam books out there this is not one of them and then this was a late edition nick hooked me up with quite possibly one of the most entertaining reads i have ever got to read death dreams of dracula it's three stories and the first one is Dinosaurs Seek Blood for uh, Dracula. If that doesn't catch your attention, I don't know what does. This is amazing. Um, <laughs> Dracula, or a vampire bike gang, go, decides to go into a museum and tear it up. And Dracula shows up and is like, no, you're not going to mess up this museum. And they're like, what do you have to say about it? And they're Because they didn't realize it was Dracula. So Dracula makes the dinosaurs come alive and go after these kids, and they all get knocked out or killed. And the security guards goes, what'd you do to them? He's like, oh, I just made them 
think these dinosaurs came alive. They're not actually alive. They just died of their own fear. The second story was, wow, um, this guy's at his house and he's getting the mail and he sees that there is a missing child alert in the mail. And he starts freaking out. He's like, even the postman's after me. And then he goes to the store and he buys a carton of milk because he's wanted something to drink and it's got the missing kid on it. And he starts freaking out and he's starting to see all these kids around him. And he tears out of the parking lot and he's got this kid in the car with him and the police pull him over and he's like, I'm just trying to get my son to the doctor. And they're like, what kid? And he's like, oh, I mean, I'm picking my son up from the doctor. So he's seen all these chil- missing children that he's seen on all these ads and stuff all over the place. And come to find out he accidentally killed a little girl that went missing. He never reported it. And he's running because these kids keep showing up and just pushing him further and further to insanity. And gets hit by a milk truck that had, have you seen me? And it's the girl that he had accidentally killed. And then the third one was a story about Dracula being in the land of the dead and seeing all the people that he's killed throughout time. And um, realizing that he's not really dead yet but he's well on his way to becoming dead. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed this, so thank you. Got my 25 cents worth. <laughs> this was great. I'm going to have to see if I can track down other books if they have more like that. Yeah, I got it at your store. Yeah. I, in the quarter bin, I don't look in the quarter bin normally because I'm usually the one that's putting the stuff in the quarter bin. So, Okay, so can we go back to Spider-Boy? Absolutely, because I want to talk about something with the model real quick too. All right, so what do you think about the artwork? You don't like Jose Ladron, do you? It's not horrible. Oh, he's one of my favorites. Like, he did a whole run of Cable, like uh, about 12, 15 issues of Cable, and it was, he really loves Jack Kirby. Really loves Jack Kirby. And it comes out in his artwork. I can I could see that. Because, uh, let's just get to that one panel, like. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, he loves it. And just, it's, you know when it's a Ladron. And, but yeah, like, that's probably the best part of that book, is the artist. Or the penciler. That would be the only part of, about that book that is worth anything. <laughs> but I started thinking about it. So I read all the Amalgam tie-in books. I haven't read all in the individual issues. I have a lot of them. But I just wanted to do a few of a few of these. But I noticed outside of, in the main story, the all-access, the unlimited access, the only reference to the Fantastic Four was the Yancey Street Gang. Otherwise, they did not amalgam. Well, they did amalgamize with the Challengers of the Unknown, but they weren't like a main character. I mean, Iron Man shows up repeatedly. <laughs> Green Lantern shows up repeatedly. Captain America, Batman all show up repeatedly. You don't ever see the Fantastic Four running around or him pulling them for any purpose. Once again, proving they're worthless. Or they could have stopped it. They could have figured don't, out a way of stopping don't it. Don't let him think that they're worth that they're worth it. <laughs> let them think they're worthless. So yeah. So we won't go into how Reed Richards would have stopped it. Oh well, yeah, Reed Richards would have had to figure it out in thirty seconds. Yeah. Because I mean, he beats everybody in thirty seconds because he can think. He would have built a machine the size of a building in about twenty seconds. That would have taken him down. <laughs> he would have made that um, universal duct tape to seal that box. How's that? <laughs> no, I. I really appreciate the Amalgam books. I mean, they, they are fun. And like I mentioned, I really wish they would do something with this again. But I, I just don't foresee Marvel and DC 
saying, hey, let's work together again. Not in the current. No. Run. All right. So now on to the list. This week's list is the top 10 cops and comics. Since I wasn't here last week, I'll go first. Number 10, Dick Tracy. Number one, nine, Gene DeWolf. Number eight, Harvey Bullock. Number seven, The Flash. Number six, The O'Dares. Number five, Hawkman and Hawk Girl. Number four, The Spectre. Number three, Jim Gordon. Number two, Savage Dragon. Number one, Judge Dredd. Who's your ten? Dick Tracy. Cool. Um, same list, pretty much. Different <laughs> order. All right. Uh, number 10, Savage Dragon. Number 9, Crispin Allen. Number 8, Gene DeWolf. Number 7, Dan Garrett. Anybody? Dan Garrett? He's originally Beetle. Oh, okay. Um, I knew the name. I was trying to process who it was. Number 6, Hawkman. Number 5, Renee Montoya. Number 4, Jim Gordon. Number 3, Judge Dredd. 2, Jim Corrigan. And number 1, Dick Tracy. Yeah, pretty much the same list. Okay. 10, Gene DeWolf. Nine, Dick Tracy. Eight, Jim Corrigan. Seven, The O'Dares. Six, Axe Cop. Okay. Five, Sarah Pizzini, uh from Witchblade. Witchblade. Savage Dragons, four. Judge Judge, three. James Gordon's, two. Renee Montoya's number one for me. I love that question character, and I know she was a cop before then, but if she wasn't good at it, she wouldn't pull off the, the question character at all. So it's kind of funny. We all we must all went to the same website. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, there's not a ton of <laughs> there's, not, there's a not a ton a lot of, of cops. cops. Yeah. I mean, all of them are in Batman's universe, right? Yep. So there's not a lot in DC or in Marvel. There's the, a lot there, more in DC. There's, there's a lot of cops in DC. Yeah, yeah. hence why it's called Detective Comics. You know? <laughs> but I digress. Anybody got anything this yes. week? Oh wow! I didn't even get it finished. <laughs> Every week I always have something. But I never remember, so I even told Nick to remind me you today. You need to start writing stuff down, too. Nope. All right, so <laughs> this is an article off of uh, comicbookresources.com uh, titled Marvel's Blackest Night Just Destroyed the DC Universe. Uh-huh. So are you planning on getting Thor number two? I didn't even get Thor number one. Great. Okay, this comes out. They'll be out by the time this is released, but this comes out this Wednesday. So. But this is going to make sense to you because you read Silver Surfer Black, right? Yes, I did. Okay. So, Donnie Katz um, is doing his symbiote run still. And so, in the new Thor, um, there is a Black Winter that's going to start plaguing uh, the universe. And it was referenced back in Silver Surfer Black number four, where he apparently... Uh, met Galactus when he was younger and saw his mind and saw that the Black Winter uh, did to Galactus's original universe. So, in number two, Thor number two, it starts off showing a bustling metropolis on a sunny day. It's broken up by black flight flakes falling from the sky, similar to snowflakes, and we soon, soon learn that there aren't any regular flakes as they start to dissolve whatever they fall on once they reach Earth's surface. That includes people's limbs. So when the a young boy is looking up in the sky to see the outlines of some familiar superheroes save the day, and the picture actually shows the Daily Planet, without it saying Daily Planet, and there are three streaks. A red streak, 
a lightning-like streak and a green streak. And it says the gods rushing in to offer help include a sun god, a god of emerald light, a god of dark, a god of the ocean, of speed, and of strength. So it sounds like it's the primary roster of the Justice League. And um, DC's universe's heroes are typically referred to as gods. And the narrator goes on to out of his way to uh, reinforce that belief. But even the League of Gods isn't enough to stop Black Winter. And they soon witness the Earth and the multi-universes becoming consumed by total blackness, leading into kind of what Necron was trying to do in Blackest Night. So I thought that was a interesting little piece. Still has symbiotes in it, right? Yes, because yeah. that's what's coming. Yeah. But that's what that's what's causing this. The premise sounds Black cool. Winter. Premise sounds cool. And I the only reason I might even think about picking it up is just because of that little reference there. It's got a Green Lantern appearance in it. He's got to pick. It He's got to pick it up. <laughs> it's just a streak. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was like, "What in the heck?" And I started reading. And I'm like, "Wow, okay, all right, I got to bring this one up." It's kind of like those old digs that Marvel used to take over, do it to like DC and DC would do to Marvel. You yeah. Know, like, oh, to those guys across the street. Here's a little punch in the gut. Yeah. And it worked out for the month because it's crossover month. I'm like. Okay, I gotta bring that one up. Cool. You got anything? I don't remember. No, I don't have anything. <laughs> All right. Um, I am going to recommend that everybody watch Jay and Silent Bob reboot. It was hilarious. That is all. You're not gonna spoil it. Just nope. spoil it. <laughs> no. It's out now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We rented it this weekend. It's really funny. I waited as long as I could to spoil it, Nick. <laughs> I still haven't Star seen Wars. it. Still Star Wars. All right. So. That's going to wrap it up for us this week. Have fun. Read more comics. It's been Kirk. Brian. And Nick. Hey, and if you like this episode, go ahead and subscribe and give us a comment. We're on iTunes, YouTube, wherever you guys can find your podcasts. Yeah. So, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Cops. A central organization of police specialists. Fighting crime. In a future time. Empire City from Big Boss and his gang of crooks.